Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. All right. Welcome back to part two of this amazing show called X and Open Relationships with Whitney Miller. She is former Miss USA. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. We want to remind you to go to our Sexy Lifestyle website for real credible information covering all topics related to sex, sexuality, and relationships. Let's take a moment to introduce our top waterproof blanket because nobody wants to sleep in the wet spot especially me, and squirt is hot until it's not, and then I have to sleep in that wet spot. If you're fed up with sleeping in the wet spot or having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed dry no matter how wet it gets, even if you're a huge squirter like my gorgeous sexy wife Carol is. You just have to throw it down and get it on. Our top waterproof blanket will protect any play space from messy massage oils, silicone lube, or any other sexy wetness. And the best thing is the easy cleanup. When you're done, you just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new. Now available in two sizes and three color combinations. Order yours from Amazon today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket. Great sex starts now. It sure does. And now it's our time for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because... Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. So Whitney, now that we've got to know a little bit more about you and your relationship values, let's start talking about sex. Yes, we love talking (laughs) about sex. And how important (laughs) sex is in the relationship. All right. I love that. Yeah, I think sex is a very important part of of any relationship and there's so many ways that it can continue to grow and unfold and become exciting as you deepen the connection with each other. And it keeps you healthy. It's great for you. Now, would you be able to tell us a little bit about your sex life before you met Aubrey and then how it has evolved over the years? Yeah, absolutely. You know, before I met Aubrey, I was always a fairly active person, but I was always in relationships. And I didn't necessarily know what I liked or what I didn't like. A lot of my idea was about getting the man off and him having the pleasure. And I would always masturbate a lot, but it was very challenging for me to orgasm with my partner. And I think it was just because I didn't really know what I wanted, nor did I feel necessarily comfortable communicating that with my partner. What part of your life is this? Are you still a teenager? I'm, yeah, I would say early college. Okay. And you said that early on or, or before you met, you did have some experiences with other women. Do you remember the first female experience you had? Yeah, I do. And that was with Aubrey. He was the first person I had a threesome with, mm-hmm. um, with another female was with him. And how did it feel for the first time having like a woman go down on you and lick your pussy or even kiss her? I had kissed women prior to that. Um, but I had just never been in like a full sexual experience with them. And it was, it was really fun. I re- enjoyed it. Um, I think I also had, I had like fantasized and fetishized it more than really necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, but it gave me the answers. It gave me the answers of like, Oh wow, I love this. And I can super appreciate the female body and the way that it feels and tastes and the touch and everything that comes with it but I was so much more attracted to 
the man and like I love chest hair and like big muscles in someone much bigger than I am yeah, <laughs> to me that, that turns me on so that sounds exactly like my preferences as well and of course being bicurious which is what you were at the beginning and then once you have that female experience that's why I don't call myself bicurious anymore because I know exactly what it's all about uh, and that I'm just by playful or by situational or even by selfish because I have no I have I don't mind who licks my pussy it could be male or female and uh, I'm going to enjoy it just the same but for me to go down on another woman it really has to be uh, the right situation but do you remember the first time uh, we went down on a woman we did it together we did because I told David I don't know what I'm doing I I know what feels good but I don't know what you'd make that feel good and he guided me I I was very actually it was cool it was and you made her come yeah yeah that was that was interesting for me but like I said now I know it doesn't mean that I'm, I'm not searching for that yeah. And I love how you guys both went down there and kind of like he was teaching you a little yeah, bit, you yeah. know, that. And I think I was working with a couple recently to where they wanted to have a threesome, but she was too afraid that she might be too jealous. Uh-huh. Um, but she loved hooking up with other women and would have her her partner. He could stay in the room and watch, but can never join in. So uh-huh. one of the practices that I recommended for them was having her take his hand and you know put his hand over her body so then it's like a it's a teamwork type of deal and then yeah yeah, it's connective and do it that way and then go down the pussy and rub the pussy that way and the ass and and really just it touched the entire body like that and did it work for them yeah, it did. Cool. So much fun. Yeah. No, but it is exploring this kind of exploring your own sexuality, but also exploring your relationship with your partner, whom you love, is uh, I think so so important, and it's so rewarding because you you get that titillation which you can replay afterwards, especially when it's a positive outcome, and then that's what gets you connected, and you talk about it, and you remember, and you you feel giddy about it, and we did this together, and it was it was wonderful, and it turned out great, and I, I love that. But stuff. even when we play in an orgy, our favorite is for and morsoms and we're going on um, the bliss cruise in a couple of weeks where there's like 4,400 naked people the playroom is holds four or five hundred people and there's just a bunch of sex going on everywhere no matter what happens in the orgy or in the playroom and we always play together we want to be within arm's length apart you don't always see what's going on but after we finish this fuck fest we go back to our room we reconnect and we actually fuck we have sex and that's what connects us back as a couple because in the playroom it was just raw sex Right, right, exactly. Right, and you can bring that, you get to bring that, some of that energy back into the relationship. Uh, you know, li- like you said, live, you can connect and... Whitney, it's live porn, yeah, right? We don't have to turn porn on the TV. <laughs> we just have to replay what we heard and we saw. Right, in our brains. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is great. So then now you've met Aubrey at this point in your life where um, you have a, a secure relationship. You feel you feel secure. You feel connected with him. Of course, uh, totally attracted to him. And you're trying out new things. How did your sexuality and your sex life evolve as you started trying new things? My, you know, my sexuality evolved along with my personal internal journey evolving. The more I knew myself, the more I felt comfortable with myself, my sexuality was able to evolve because I felt more comfortable expressing that to Aubrey and saying, these are the things that I want to try and these are the things that I want to do or I don't want to do those things. Um, And so it was just really about me reprogramming the fact that my pleasure was important. 
and not fully the, the male Right, absolutely. Amen. Which is what we learn as young. I mean, I was going to ask you if you were a teenager, because I think that's the kind of thing that when you're a teenager, you don't really know that you actually have the right to, to be pleasured by a man, but you kind of get wiser as you get older. Um, but you were talking about your frustration trying to orgasm with another man. Did you have some orgasms with men before meeting Aubrey? I did, but very few. Okay. It wouldn't happen most, and most of the time I was just faking it to get it over with. Yeah, I was okay, just yeah, like, okay, yeah. I'm far from coming. This is just, right. let's just stop. Yeah, right. Like, I'm hungry at this point. <laughs> um, I'm with you. I know, I've been through exactly the same journey. But, you know, I actually yeah. really only t- learned how to enjoy sex after I met David. I had been married for 16 years, and I didn't have great sex then. I really only started having great sex after I met David, which was 14 years ago now, so I'm so happy that I did and that and I you did, started squirting and I did learn how to orgasm with another man and, and I guess you kind of reprogram your brain and now of course I can reach orgasm and climax well on myself by myself or just by giving you some hints or move here move there you're close you're close okay we're on it and that's kind of what I learned the most about how to communicate uh, my pleasure to my partner and even now every once in a while you can have an orgasm while we're fucking normally Carol comes just through oral and clitoral stimulation but lately um, she's gotten so turned on um, that if she's riding me and she's grinding her clit properly she'll have a nice organic cock yeah I learned learn lots mm-hmm. of new things, the tricks and tips and tricks of the trade. <laughs> so, so with Aubrey, I know, and that's the thing. There's so many things that you can learn. If people are listening to this, I hear more often than not that I've never had an orgasm before. And so, how do you have an orgasm? And there's so many ways that you can learn how to have an orgasm, whether it's your G spot, it's clitoral, or it's, you know, combination, external or yeah. internal, and yeah, or yeah, combination. There's so many things. So I want people to first and foremost know that like, okay, it's okay that you've never had an orgasm or maybe you only had a few, but if you put in a little bit of time and it's fun (laughs) time to learn what really works for you and work on your Kegels and work on different breathing and work on different positions and toys and just spend some time understanding that about you, that you can have incredible mind blowing sex and incredible mind blowing orgasms. And I think the first step is to learn how to let go of all those thoughts that are running around in your head, because that's my biggest issue, is just calming the brain, getting down into your body and not thinking about your grocery list or your laundry list or whatever you have to do next, and just thinking about what you're doing with your body and, uh, and you know and how you're feeling and what's being touched and what's, what's anticipating and getting your head, right. getting out of your head and into your body. That's like number one for me. And see it as, yeah, exactly, right? And see it as as, as like a meditation. Because when you're in meditation, it's about kind of clearing out the thoughts that are coming. But you'll have a thought, have a thought come and let it pass through. Like, don't think, oh, shit, I shouldn't be thinking about it. And that thought just stays there. Just <laughs> let that come and then let it kind of drift on through. See it as kind of a meditative process. Right, absolutely. Cool. And, and do you have better orgasms uh, um, externally, orally, or with a penetration while you're fucking? externally and orally yeah mm-hmm. I, I can ever i can every once in a while have um internal as well as i'm writing just similar to you right. um usually it's it's like easy peasy 
if it's external. Yeah. Well, I've been learning and I've been reading the book called the um, the, the Vagina Bible. I don't know if you've read Dr. The, Jen Gunter. Dr. Jen Gunter's new book, but I've been reading about it. And it's actually fascinating because I was like so floored about, I don't know, seven, eight years ago when I really started to understand how big the clitoris actually is. And it's only the little head of the clitoris <laughs> yeah. that we look at. And so now I'm understanding that inside the internal structure is actually a way to access other parts clitoris. And once you know mm-hmm. that, and you're focusing on that when you're writing and you're like like really getting into that area and, and knowing what you're pushing and where you're grinding, that that's what needs the stimulation for internal. And when you know where when that starts feeling good, then you focus on that. And then that's when, well, it's only recently that I've been able to do it. But now I understand why that it's because of the, I guess the, the cock is pressing closer or, or onto the closest part of the internal part of the clitoris and stimulating it. And when you're super engorged and you're super, um, I guess, turned on, that's when the clitoris is at its biggest area, and that's why it's working for me now. For sure. Yeah, and if for anyone listening, go look up a 3D model of the clitoris. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, that. this is your homework. Go mm-hmm. look that up, because a lot of people don't realize how big the clitoris is, and it's not just the button, and it has legs, and internal and external um, and one thing to be aware of is when it comes to, you know, penetrative sex and having a penetrative orgasm is if the distance between the, the hood of the clitoris where you see your clitoris, external clitoris, and the opening of your vagina is more than the width of your thumb, it's a little bit more challenging to have a penetrative orgasm. Um, if it's less than that, which is usually normal with petite women, um, it's a little bit easier just because that area is closer to where the friction of the penis is going in and out. There you go. That's, uh, I learned something new again. I love doing Love that. it. All Great. right. Now we're going to learn something about Whitney and Aubrey. So now you guys are together. You're in an open relationship. You've spoken about your experiences playing a part. How has your sex life gotten as a couple? Has it gotten better, hotter, steamier? Yeah, I mean, all of the ways, you know, in, in every way, because we've been together now for almost, you know, seven and a half years. So almost eight years. And so yeah, we know each other, we know what each other likes, we know what each other doesn't really like, we know, we're still more comfortable communicating it. Um, we're feeling more comfortable in and as we get more comfortable talking about it publicly, you know, it's, it's, it comes into our relationship and allows us to just like, hey, let's let's try this. If anything else, it's going to be a funny story to tell. <laughs> That's <laughs> what we say too. <laughs> One of the curiosities we had with your couple being so public, are, are you worried about the media or what they say about you or what they might find out about you? No, I'm not. And, you know, me being as open and as authentic as possible is this is who I am. And it's people will have their options of that, but and that's okay with me. Um, if I, I always say, like, if there's something that comes up that I'm talking about that may be triggering in somebody else, which is totally normal, I talk about things that are challenging for people to understand um, because a lot of the times they try to put it into their life and mm-hmm. see how they would feel in their specific circumstances. And it's completely different that if you feel some sort of trigger or challenge hearing this, then get curious as to why. Mm-hmm. Um, why is that coming up? And not saying that you're wrong or I'm right. I'm just curious as to why you may be triggered by that. Um, so yeah, no, for us, we've always been very open and public about our relationship. And 
where that's how we plan on remaining to be. You know, when we first started this open relationship, I wanted to keep it really closed and close knit. I didn't want anyone to find out, but he went on a, a date with somebody and an acquaintance of ours walked in right. and saw him and said like, Oh, basically don't worry, bro. I won't tell Whitney. <laughs> and that was the moment that we were like, no, 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 no. This is not going to, not how we're going to play this game. You know, we want to give people one, the idea that they can create whatever relationship they want. Um, and two, that we're being open and honest with each other. Like I am aware of where he is and was and with who and doing what I'm aware of that. Um, and it's the same goes for any media or interviews like that. I mean, we're, we're pretty open. So I couldn't imagine a scenario that something came out and it would be detrimental to us because knowing both of us, it would just be like either yes or no. We just, we, we hit head on right. with whatever's coming up. Sure beats cheating, doesn't it? No, I was just about to say exactly that. Now, how bad is that, that a friend who saw them, acquaintance, whoever it was, said, hey, that don't worry, I'm not going to tell Whitney. Meanwhile, when you tell people you're a swinger, they think, what the hell, that's so weird. Um, but duh, cheating's okay, but swinging's not? Like, that's just nuts, right? <laughs> yeah, well, it's just what people know. They understand mm-hmm. lying mm-hmm. and they understand hiding it from people, but they can't comprehend the fact that people actually talk about those things and support each other. And, and that do it place. in the open. Exactly. Yeah. We, we've, we came out, I, I would say about six or seven years ago. Now. To our kids, time, our six kids, our family, our friends. It, yeah. yeah. Yeah, parents, brothers, sisters, everybody knows that we're swingers. Uh, it's been that long. And we basically told them, now that we told you, we can't untell you, so just deal with it. Yeah, and of course, now we have a radio show and we talk about it uh, you know, to the whole world. <laughs> so there's no secrets in our <laughs> lives, that's for sure. We got almost 700,000 mm-hmm. listeners in uh, over 70 countries who were listening to us talk about our sex they lives. They know our intimate details. <laughs> they sure do. So yeah, it's, uh, it's a little bit beyond that. <laughs> yep Uh that's how I feel too it's like but this is who I am. Love me or don't. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to keep being me. Yeah. So before we wrap up the show for some final advice, um, you have your own podcast. Um, I listened to the one where you were at an all-female sex club. How did that happen? How did you get there? And what did you do there? It was a great podcast. I, I invite everybody to go listen to uh, her all-female sex club podcast. Um, yeah. So it's called Skirt Club. Um, and it's an all female play party basically that they host all over the world. They have 13,000 members now and we interviewed the founder, uh, Genevieve and we were, she let us come and do the first ever kind of live podcast from the party and it was held at a penthouse in New York city. And it was a really cool experience. I'd never experienced anything like that before. And um, everyone was very welcoming. Everyone was dressed in beautiful lingerie. They had, you know, a burlesque dancer and they had awesome cocktails. And then I guess it started around eight o'clock, but I didn't arrive until nine, nine thirty or so. And by that time, people were already hooking up and having sex, you know, multiple four, five, six women in one bed. Another one's going down another, you know, in a chair. I'm just sitting there, like I'm standing there with Wednesday, my co-host having a conversation with the founder and everything is just so fluid and open. And, and it was really awesome to witness that. And uh, we also talked to a couple of the people who attended the party just to get an insight into why 
they wanted to be there and what was so intriguing about this um, environment. And I was there working, so I, I didn't have a whole lot of time to play, but I, we got there and I met a bunch of the women and talked to them and they were in the bottle. So I hopped in for spin the bottle <laughs> and then we played and then we had to do the podcast. And by the time we were leaving, it was just everybody was basically having sex with each other wow. and there was no weirdness. There was no, didn't seem like there was any drama going on. However, I'm sure there's drama that happens at these, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. but it seems pretty, you know, like a really cool experience for Absolutely. these women. Well, rumor has it, not rumor, your podcast has it, that you got to participate a little bit in Spin the Bottle. That's what I was saying. I, I was saying that I played Spin the Bottle at Skirt Club. Right, right, um, right. Right. Right, so I got there, and they were playing some the ball, so I hopped in, and then I had to go on the podcast. But I needed to enjoy something before I hopped <laughs> yes. before I went on the podcast. I heard something about some nice, juicy kissing. Yeah, nice. That's all Oh, yes. There was some great... I, I think I, I was, like, winning from the bottle. I don't know if you can win from the bottle, but I felt like I was winning because it kept landing on me. So, clearly, I was winning. <laughs> So we love to end our show with some final advice that our listeners can take away with them. And, you know, our main point here uh, of this whole show is about how relationships can can be different for everybody. And it's got to be according to what you need in, in your own life. So what would you say uh, would be the top two things that any person should discuss with their partner if they're thinking about opening up their relationship? I think first and foremost, the first way to do it is you do it on an intellectual level without the pressure of actually doing anything. Just have the conversation, listen to podcasts, read books, have that conversation about what it may be like, how you, how it might be scary. What are some of the fears that are coming up and also what excites you about it? Cause we can so often get caught up in the challenge and how scary it can be for our partner to be with somebody else. But there's also so much love and so much fun that can be had. Um, from that experience and also <clears throat> having the conversation and letting your partner know that most of the time there's nothing wrong with the relationship at all, that you love them and, and give them as many affirmations as possible because this is, this is, can be very beneficial for the relationship. And people have this mindset that if you go into an open relationship, then you must be lacking in your current relationship. Um, and that's just a myth that we hear. And so really just talk about it on an intellectual level first and also let your partner know that you love them and that you want to explore this with them because you feel safe and because you love them and you want to have a good time together. No, that's great. And the, the word that we're talking about here with, of compersion, where you're happy for the happiness of your partner is really what it's all about. Um, but that first instinct that someone might have would be, oh, you want to leave me, but you want to find somebody else first. I, I always would think that that should be something you should take care of immediately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not about leaving the person or it's not about finding something better or anything. It's, it's deeper than that. You know, this is about you guys deepening the relationship and deepening the honesty and the truth and the fun and the passion and the pleasure within the containment of whatever your agreement is. Absolutely. And again, we, we tell everybody, whatever you do, whatever boundaries you push, fantasies you fulfill, things you discuss, in the end, it has to strengthen your couple. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. 
All right, Whitney Miller, that was an absolutely amazing show, two-part show. We had so much to talk about. I'm sure we can do it again. We know you have a great podcast. We would be more than happy to be on your podcast as well. So let us know when you're in New York. We'll come down there and uh, spend uh, some time together. Thanks so much for sharing your time. Why don't you take a minute and tell everyone how they can find you online, social media, your website, and reach out to you for coaching. Awesome. Yeah, this is really fun. Thanks again for having me on. And um, everyone can find me. I'm really um, active on Instagram, which is wit in love. And that's the letter N. So it's W-H-I-T-N-L-O-V-E. Um, same on Twitter. There's also my website, witinlove.com. And um, if you have any questions pertaining to relationships or coaching and how that may work, you can either send me an email at whitneyinlove at gmail.com. Or you can DM me on Instagram. I try to respond to as many DMs as I possibly can. Um, yeah, just reach out to me and we can work together. Or like I said, I can just answer any questions that you may have coming up in your relationship. And, and, if, and, and if people want to hear your podcast? Oh, yes. My podcast is called True Sex and Wild Love. And I co-host that with Dr. Wednesday Martin. She's the author of Untrue. If you haven't read that book, I highly, highly recommend it with life changing for me and I basically stopped Wednesday until she would do a podcast with me <laughs> and now we're the greatest of friends um, so yeah True Sex and Wild Love is on iTunes and Spotify and Podbean and all of the places where you can find the um, podcast and we have about 17 episodes and we release that every Thursday and, wow. now, and now that you've been a guest on our show it will also be up on the sexylifestyle.com Awesome. Love that. Yay. 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 So thanks again for being with us. And we are learning more and more every week with all our fantastic guests. And we hope you do too. Visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com to find out more about all our expert guests. You can even contact them if you have questions about sex, sexuality, and relationships. And remember to sign up on sdc.com if you're looking for an open-minded online community to meet other sexy people and find out where the events are happening near you. If you use promo code 30314, you'll get the first month free. Check it out. And remember to join us at Hito 2, that amazing clothing optional resort in Jamaica for repeat, offend repeat offenders reunion days, December 14th to 27th, when the rates are going to be the lowest of the year. The rates may be low, but the sexiness is going to be off the charts. We're going to be there. We're going to be broadcasting there. So come and join us. For more information about this trip or anything else, visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, or send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. Alrighty. Well, that's an amazing show. That's it for today. Part one and part two. Whitney Miller, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. That was a lot of fun. It was a blast. And thanks again to all our listeners for being out there. Join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever.